you know, I want to talk today about sharing our faith, but I guess I, I want to start by saying that, and, and it's somewhere in the message, that there's nothing greater than sharing our faith with our kids and seeing them grow up in the Lord um, and seeing their faithfulness and just, you have to go to the Lord and just say, thank you, Lord. And, and, and I, I think for those families who are struggling, and everybody has people in their family who are not walking with the Lord, probably. I know we do. We just have to hold on in prayer and not get tired of prayer and, and just understand that God is doing some great things. And, and look, I realize there are a lot of crazy things in the world, but there's a lot of great things that are happening. And we really need to focus on what is good. And if, if there, as it says in Philippians 4.8, if there's anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell, live there, just live there. And, you know, the first portion of this service, I find it very easy to live there right now. As, as I think about the three people we prayed for, as I think about Sam's testimony, as I think about just, uh, you know, I, I keep hearing Erica's song. You're going to have to do that for a few weeks in a row to get that, those melodies into my brain. But, um, but wow, I, you know, it just makes you feel good. And to know that the Lord has orchestrated this is amazing. Um, we have an opportunity to share the love that we have for other people. I know Gasparilla can be kind of crazy. People walking by you, some drunk, some angry. But still, you know, God says that his love never fails. And if we come next week and the week after, with God's love, somehow it's never going to fail. It's, it's not based on what we do or who we are or what we say. It's based on the love of God that works within us. If we could be as transparent and as real as when we are touched, even in a moment when we, when, when we see difficulty coming our way, in, in, the, in, the, in the way people sometimes come. But if we can keep the sense that, that I'm hoping all of you feel right now, and that peace, and that understanding that, that God is in control, and that we are just servants, and, and we're to just do his will. So, um, you know, outreach is, is all about giving. And um, I believe we have a lot to give. You know, we, we know that to whom much is given, 
much is required. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you today to, um, to be either uh, here in prayer or a driver or somebody who is willing to stand out and pray over people. And, and, you know, let's go to those pictures now. Sarah, could you go to the end of the message? You'll see five pictures. Yeah. Anybody recognize? Oh, guess what? She's out of the room. Okay, that's fine. Uh, in fact, all, both of them are out of the room. So, here, well, don't, don't, go, don't, don't go yet. This is, this, is, this is what Gasparilla can be like if we allow it to be. This is what happens when people say, yes, I need prayer, and our youth, the youth of our congregation, come and they put their hands on these people and pray over them. This is what makes me glad. Next picture, Josh praying over someone as well. This, this is an amazing opportunity that we get to show the love of Messiah in such a tangible way. And, uh, you know, Josh is a young guy. He's just tall. He looks older. But at this time, he was 14 or 15. Yeah, well, in that range. I mean, what can be better than that? You know, you guys should frame this picture in your house. <laughs> I mean, when you raise up a kid who is willing to pray over a perfect stranger, I mean, how glad does that make you feel? Next picture. There's Bob Wook as he leads the teens and here just chatting with somebody. Because Gasparilla, in all its frenzy, and it is, there is frenzy, people walking by, people cursing, not too much cursing, but a little possibly. And I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. A lot of noise. But there is the peace and the quiet of two people speaking about the Lord. And, and that's got to comfort your heart. It's got to comfort your mind, your spirit. Next picture. Oh, there's a nice guy. Oh. Yeah, Ravi. Uh, again, um, just handing out. Now, does everybody have these tracks in what you got today? If you didn't get one of these and one of the, um, one of the outreach, did you everybody get one of these, both of these? If you didn't, raise your hand, please, because I'd like, and then if we could turn on lights, um, I'd like you to have it. So what Ravi was handing out was something that says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Come on, that's such a great message. I mean, I mean that should be a message for everybody and anybody. The Lord is my light. This is Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, sometimes we go over scripture so quickly and we think about what it means in, 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 
in such a surfacey way. But as I keep reading these few words, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Just stop, stop there. Is the Lord your light and your salvation? Think of what light is. Thinking, think what it means that the Lord is your light, that, that he puts brightness into your mind and your heart. And then it says, and he's my salvation, he's my Yeshua. He is the one who atones for my sins. Even though I'm not deserving of it, he does that for me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Sam was being honest. He had fears. But when we have this bookmark, this silly, short, small verse should just remind us that fear is not of God because perfect love casts out fear. And we know Yeshua who is perfect love. And this is what we're handing to people on the street. You know, over the two Saturdays, next Saturday and the following Saturday, they're going to be probably... 300,000 people. And we, our little group, last year I think we handed out 3,000 of these. We missed about 290,000 people. If we have more people handing these out, we, we got 5,000 of these. Now, if you really get encouraging, we, we should have gotten 10,000, right? We still wouldn't have even reached a tithe of this group. So God's going to have to anoint us and know, okay, there are 20 people walking at us. Which one, Lord, do you want us to give this to? I mean, you'll give it to whomever will take it, but there might be somebody that God has a special moment for you. And that person. And you're going to say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Do you have fears today? What a great message to them. And then what do we say after it? That's why we pray. Do you? And so there's the message of the next two weeks when we see people, when we speak to people. It's this very message. And if we can go further, we turn over the book, Mark, right? And we see how to get close to God. We have all sinned. We're separated from God by that sin. So repent, turn from your sins. God forgives us through his love. Yeshua means salvation. And Yeshua took our sins upon himself. So the people just receive. And so I need you to pray that this week, I need you to pray this week, that we're going to have many salvations next week. 
many salvations. I guess we have one picture left, don't we? That's just a hello picture. Hi. So I'm asking you to come out with us. Uh, we go to different parts of Bayshore Boulevard. And so that we don't run over each other in terms of giving to, though it always happens, you see somebody, if you're later on in the parade, you see somebody holding one of these bookmarks and you say, oh, okay, they, they've already been talked to. One of the beautiful things about this bookmark is that the majority of them, majority of them stay in people's hands or wherever they put them. They do not end up on the ground. This is very unique for a, something you give out to a stranger because in the past, our old tracks and things, we would see more on the ground than we would see in people's hands. So you have an opportunity because there's a pretty little picture of the sun here. Little do they know that that sun is not even a minor part of the incredible greatness of the real sun that has put that sun in orbit. We need to share our faith. We need to share our faith. So let me just have you look through this a little bit, this card, if you would all take this. The front of it are, I don't know, eight, ten scriptures on why we share. Number of, the first verse explains that we share because we're obeying Yeshua. He says, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every creature. So I think that keeps it very simple. We share because we obey. But I'm going to suggest to you that we share because we love. First of all, we love God, and we know God loves us. But secondly, we're very clear on the second commandment, the second most important commandment, and that is to love our neighbor as ourselves. God wants us to share our faith because we are proving our love for people we don't know. Because if you have the greatest gift, I gave this example yesterday, last night. If you were told that every time you gave away a million dollars, you would get a million dollars in return. Wouldn't you be giving out a million dollars to everybody? Well, every time you give out the good news of Yeshua the Messiah, you get in return at least what you've given. And what greater gift is there than for people to come to know Yeshua the Messiah? So, you can look at these scriptures and see which scriptures touch your heart as to 
why I, and if you go down to the, almost the bottom, Matthew 4.19, Yeshua says to the disciples, follow me, or what will be the disciples, and I'll make you fishers of men. Are you allowing God to make you a fisher of men this morning? Are you being used in that way? Uh, this morning, as I was thinking about the message, I was reading Isaiah 52, 7, and trying to understand what it meant. It's in the middle of this front page here. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. Now, why do people need to have the feet these beautiful feet on a mountain. What's the significance of the mountain in this? Have you ever thought of that? I mean, why doesn't it say how beautiful are the feet of the people who share? <laughs> you know, that'd be straightforward, that'd be simple. But that's not what it says. It says how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. I don't know. I'm sure all of us will have a, actually, since I'm working with Casey, uh, who's going to be bat mitzvahed in uh, five weeks, four weeks. Are you thinking of what I'm thinking of? Yeah, so she, one of the things she wants to talk about, I'm sorry, I don't want to steal your message. Okay. Uh, one of the things she wants to talk about is aliyah, which means to go up. And I'm picturing what it means to go up on this mountain and share is, is to elevate. It, it, your, your personal being is being elevated by your sharing. And so that to me is the significance of the mountain is because as you're sharing, you're going up higher and higher in, within God's significance because God has called you to share your faith, and, and he sees you rising. It's almost like getting closer to God because we are obeying him. Just give it a thought. Give it a thought. Okay, go into the inside covers, the inside pages. So those of you who've been around a while have seen this many times in different forms. Today, it's in this form. Um, look, there are people who have reasonable questions to ask you. There are other people who just want to yank your chain. But if they're not yanking your chain and they really want to know, how is it possible that God has a son? So let me just share something that I would, um, actually at the rabbi's conference, uh, Jan, Rabbi Jan Rosenberg spoke about redirecting. Remember that word, redirecting. Somebody asks you something and they are trying to pin you against the wall, redirect. And the best way to redirect is with a question. So, if somebody says, do you believe that God has a son? And you can see here in the tone of the voice, 
that this is not going to go well. So you say, I don't know, do you believe in the Bible? Now, that's called redirecting. You didn't answer the question, but you asked them a question. Now let's see how they answer, because how they answer is going to be how you end up answering the question. If they don't believe in the Bible, then there's no sense getting out a scripture verse. <laughs> Unless it proves, the scripture verse proves that the Bible is, is the truth. Then it's worth it. So what you have to do, so to carry this conversation a little further, if they say that the Bible, they don't believe in the Bible, then you go to the first two scriptures on your page here, because we start with the most simplistic thing, or the, or the idea that, the, the, the most foundational thing, that you've got to believe in the Bible. So we have two verses here to show you some of the many other hundred verses that we could pull out, but you don't want to stand here talking to me that long, do you? So we only have two verses for you so that I've saved you some time. You know, you have to have a little fun with this, right? And so you say, look, uh, Isaiah wrote 700 years before the first dispersion that they were, the Jewish people were going to be dispersed a, a second time. That's how pinpointed scripture is. And, and it didn't even happen till 1948. So if you take the 700 years when he lived before Yeshua, you add on roughly 2,000 years or 1,950 years, uh, you get roughly 2,600 years. So imagine that I asked you to say anything about Israel or the Jewish people in 2,600 years. From now, would you be able to do is say anything about them? We don't even know if the world's going to exist, let alone will Israel exist. I mean, we obviously know, but they won't know. My point is this, and then certainly uh, everybody says, well, through Columbus we know that we, that was the time we knew that the world was round, but we have a scripture here in Isaiah 40 that talks about the roundness of the world. So you just have to know scripture. In fact, it is likely, and we won't argue about this today, whether not only was Columbus a believer, but it's possible he was a Jewish believer, but we won't talk about that now. But, uh, but be that as it may, it is likely since he knew scripture that he knew this verse and it was on that faith and on that basis that he sailed knowing that he would not fall off the face of the earth. So there are lots of reasonable questions. You believe in three gods, I believe in one. Say, no, 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 no. We both believe in one God. We just believe in the three natures that the Bible shows us of, of him. So as an example, if I'm speaking to a Jewish person, I would start with Genesis, right? 
one, two, I think it's verse 2, where the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the, of the, of the waters or of the earth. And, and, and so we, we are introduced to the Holy Spirit the, in verse 2 of Genesis 1. And we see the Holy Spirit all throughout Jewish literature, meaning the Hebrew Scriptures. So my point is that inside here, you have a few verses that might help you answer a few questions. Turn the card over. I'd like to close with this thought. Most people, Jewish or otherwise, would not know verse Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 31.30. Most people do not know that verse. It is not one of the top hundred that people memorize. And yet, it is clearly saying to the Jewish people that God has made a declaration that he was going to give them a new covenant. And on that basis, we understand that God was doing something new. But here, again, if you look at how to receive Yeshua into your life, how to receive God into your life through Yeshua, you'll see that all of the scriptures, except number seven, are from the Hebrew scriptures. None of them from the New Covenant. I use, obviously, for the seventh one, Romans 10, 9, and 10, to confess and believe. But let me close with the three remaining scriptures that I think would be kind of interesting. If you run into anybody at Gasparilla, just say, well, scripture says this in Luke 12, 8, and 9. I tell you, whoever acknowledge me, uh, acknowledges Yeshua before men, the Son of Man, also Yeshua, will acknowledge him before the angels of God. And if you don't, he won't. John 14.6, Yeshua said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father by, by him. And finally, the love. God demonstrates his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. And so that's why I'm doing out on the street here today. I'm thankful for you because Yeshua died for you. And what a blessing that I know that. The question is, do you know that? We have a tremendous opportunity. Very seldom do we run into 100, 150,000 people within two hour span. You don't have to talk to all of them. Just a few. Come next week. Sign up. Come next week. This is, and I'll tell you, this is really about being a family. This is how, um, you know, I'm sorry that other congregations don't do this, but, but this is one of the things that connects us. We generally do this two at a time. Oftentimes, we have somebody else we're doing this with. It gives us a little more courage. Look, 
This is God's heart. So I pray it's your heart. Let's pray. Lord, I pray in the name of Yeshua that you would pour out your spirit. I, I thank you for the service and how emotional it is. For me, I pray it is for others as well. And I ask, Lord, that you would touch our hearts. Would you touch our hearts, Lord, please? And if anybody... Well, Lord, I, I just pray that our hearts would be touched. If anybody needs prayer, come up for a moment and, and have some people pray for you. Want everybody to feel like you have an opportunity to receive healing, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, anger and unforgiveness. Let's push that away and let God change your life. So I pray in the name of Yeshua, pour out your spirit on our congregation, all our visitors, and bless them in the name of Yeshua. Amen.